Welcome to the 751 Podcast. I'm your host, Carter Laren. Today, February 6th, is International Day of Zero Tolerance for Female Genital Mutilation. And the UN and the WHO are using today to try and raise awareness about female genital mutilation and to help alleviate the suffering of, of girls around the world, particularly in countries in Africa, where it's most popular, and the Middle East. Thanks, Islam. <laughs> so, what you, if you don't know about female genital mutilation, it's, uh, it's pretty barbaric. You can go read about it online, I won't give you the details, but you can guess it involves cutting female genitalia, often removing the clitoris, and uh, <laughs> it's dehumanizing, it's barbaric, and obviously should be ended. But I'm not here to talk about female genital mutilation today on the day of zero tolerance for it because I'm here to talk about male privilege. You see, according to Newsweek, um, more than half a million women and girls in the U.S. are at risk of undergoing female genital mutilation in the U.S. or abroad. I'm reading their thing. I know that doesn't make a lot of sense. Half a million girls in the U.S. are at risk of undergoing it here or abroad, uh, or have already undergone the procedure. It's a lot. It's a lot of women. A lot of girls. Did you know there's there's a thing called male genital mutilation? Uh, We have a we have a cute word for it in our society. It's called circumcision. There are about two million boys every year that are born in the United States. And roughly 60% of them, a little under 60%, I think now it's been going down, roughly 60% of them undergo circumcision, which is about 1.2 million boys a year in the U.S. alone. And uh, I think that's a little bit more than the number of women worldwide who undergo female genital mutilation. So I'm sure, let me just check, I'm sure there's an international day of zero tolerance for circumcision. Let me just do a, no, no, there isn't. There isn't one, because male privilege. And now, in fairness, uh, although Newsweek says more than half a million, the language they use here, so the the circumcision numbers are are very easy to get there. the National Hospital Discharge Survey in the U.S. does a does a uh, a sample of about five percent of hospital discharges every year. The numbers are clear. There's no wishy-washy language. Looking up female genital mutilation numbers, there's, people use a lot of wishy wishy-washy language. So, the Newsweek article, if you notice, it says that more than half a million women and girls are at risk of undergoing female genital mutilation in the U.S. or abroad. So are at risk of or have already undergone. Okay. That's kind of weird. So how many a year? I don't know. Um, And then if you look uh, from other sources, you see uh, numbers like it's estimated that more than 200 million girls and women alive today have undergone it. Okay. But that doesn't give us a kind of annual problem going forward. Um, 
I also found some some data that says there's an estimated three million girls at risk of undergoing female genital mutilation every year. I'm not sure what exactly that means. And then it says the majority of girls are cut before they turn 15 years old, which makes it sound like there's three million women under 15 who are at risk of it. In any case, it's a much smaller problem than male circumcision, and uh, that's why we bury male circumcision under the rug and don't talk about it at all to anyone ever and pretend that it's quite a normal thing. So some of you might argue that female and male uh, genital mutilation are two totally different things. In the one case, uh, it's a barbaric, uh, a barbaric backwards practice that's anti-women and should be obviously opposed and raised awareness about it needs a day. We need to go make sure that this doesn't happen. Uh, and on the other hand, it's just for health. It's just normal. We circumcise men. What you know, get over it, right? Um, but let's look at the history of circumcision. First of all, it uh, did not it did not become popular in the West because of medical reasons. That's very clear if you do your research. Uh, circumcision rose in popularity in the uh, mid to late. If I'm correct, in the mid to late. Uh, mid to late 19th century, and it was predominantly argued that circumcision could cause, uh, excuse me, circumcision could help the, help cure the problem of juvenile sexual activity, so masturbation and, and other forms of sexual activity, and so because <clears throat> the prudes in, uh, in the United States at that time, the prude doctors thought it was horrific that little boys were masturbating or having any kind of sexual pleasure. Masturbation uh, could be solved by circumcision. They just thought, hey, less pleasurable, takes longer to achieve orgasm. Uh, let's just uh, let's just cut some foreskin. Let's ruin that thing for them. That way, you know, after all, sex is only for having babies, and they're just boys, right? Who cares? We already blow them up and send them to war so we you know we don't care about boys let's uh you know let's just chop off some of their penis sounds great and so <clears throat> that uh that practice grew and uh for <clears throat> various reasons which we don't have to get into uh, became normalized i think it was world war uh, i believe it was world war one uh, might have been World War II. One of those one of those wars uh, became normalized because it became practice in the military to force men to be circumcised. So, of course, the medical establishment has taken the position that it's medically necessary um, because uh, because it costs extra money and it's quick and easy to do for doctors. So, circumcision is. Um, is not for health. Let's just go over some facts, some myths and facts. I'm reading this. I'm gonna well, I'll paraphrase this from Intact America, intactamerica.org, myths and facts of circumcision. Uh, <clears throat> one myth: circumcising baby boys is safe and harmless. Uh, that's not true. It uh, removing the boy's penis, part of the boy's penis, causes pain, immediate health risks. Uh, can lead to serious complications. 
Uh, risks include infection, hemorrhage, scarring, difficulty, urinating, loss of part or all of the penis, and even death. Now, I'm just going to add my own little psychological factor in here. Hey, welcome to the world, kid. No anesthesia. We're chopping off part of your dick. Probably, probably not the best way to uh, start your parenting. Myth number two, circumcision is just a little snip. Surgical removal of the foreskin involves immobilizing the baby by strapping him face up onto a molded plastic board. So, yeah. In one common method, the doctor then inserts a metal instrument under the foreskin to forcibly separate it from the glands, slits the foreskin, and inserts a circumcision device. The foreskin is crushed and then cut off. The amount of skin removed in a typical infant circumcision is equivalent to 15 square inches in an adult male. So, you know, not just a little nick. Kind of sounds disgusting, but, you know, and your baby probably is screaming his head off at this point. But, hey, you know, the Bible says to do it. Uh, next myth, circumcision is routinely recommended and endorsed by doctors and other health professionals. Actually, no professional medical organization in the United States or anywhere else in the world recommends routine circumcision as medically necessary. Although it is very common. Uh, <clears throat> it's necessary to doctor bills, but not, not your health. Myth, the baby does not feel any pain during circumcision. I don't even know if I have to go over the fact part of this, I mean, you'd have to be retarded to think that a baby doesn't feel pain during circumcision. Uh, next myth, if I don't circumcise my son, he will be ridiculed. <laughs> that, that may be true, but uh, probably not a good reason. Um, myth, a boy should be circumcised to look like his father. Yes, well, dad... If you had your arm blown off in Iraq, would you chop your son's arm off so that he looked like you? Maybe you could man up and, I don't know, explain that you were circumcised against your will when you were a child, but you're man enough to not inflict that pain on the next generation. Uh, let's see, a myth. Routine circumcision of baby boys cannot be compared to female genital mutilation. Look at this, there's a comparison right on this site. I'll just read this one verbatim. Rationales offered in cultures that promote female genital cutting, hygiene, disease, prevention, improved appearance of the genitalia, and social acceptance are similar to those offered in cultures that promote male circumcision. Whatever the rationale, forced removal of healthy genital tissues from any child, male or female, is unethical. Boys have the same right as girls to an intact body and to be spared this inhumane, unnecessary surgery. Well, obviously the last line is not true. Boys don't have the same right because male privilege. Next, myth. To oppose male circumcision is religious and cultural bigotry. Fact, many of many who oppose the permanent alteration of child's, children's genitalia do so because they believe in universal human rights. Myth. Circumcising newborn babies, baby boys, produces health benefits later in life. Uh, so that's just flatly false. There is no link between the two. Um, create uh, and actually create problems. Um, and myth, male circumcision helps prevent HIV. Uh, no. No, I guess, <laughs> I guess maybe if sex isn't pleasurable and you don't have it, theoretically, you know you could cut the whole thing off and it would really reduce 
HIV and the feminists would love it because you just wouldn't have any penis at all. So uh, maybe that's maybe that's really the uh, that should be the plan here. So look, I don't want to belittle female genital mutilation. It is a horrific, barbaric, intolerable custom. However, I would like to point out that in a culture where men are told, we're all told that it's a patriarchy, the men are oppressive, woe is the woman, especially in the West, which is, which is odd. Women are just being oppressed. No one cares about the women. It's a male society, male-led society. I'd like to take a moment and notice the difference between how we treat little girls and how we treat little boys. We hit little boys more often, and we slice off pieces of their penis without bothering to even have an international day of zero tolerance for male genital mutilation. We care very deeply about genital mutilation for females, and we don't seem to give a shit as a society about genital mutilation for males. Now, if that's privilege, you can have it. 